This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by Hanzo. In this series, we consider how to leverage artificial intelligence in compliance investigations. In this podcast series, I'm joined by several members of the Hanzo team as we explore the current best practices around investigations and how your compliance function can take investigations to a new level of cost, efficiency, and operational proficiency utilizing tools provided by Hanzo. Our explorations include considering the Department of Justice's guidance on investigations recently released, the use of AI in the Hanzo Investigator, how Hanzo technology can help a company overcome investigative challenges, and Hanzo's specific approach to finding and managing data across literally the entire life cycle of an investigation. In this exploration, we are joined by Sean Friedland, Hanzo's Senior Product Marketing Manager and Compliance, Jim Murphy, the VP of Products, and Keith Laska, the CEO of Hanzo. I know you will enjoy this series. It has lots of information packed into it, which you will be able to utilize your compliance program and more specifically in your investigations going forward. In this concluding part five of our five-part exploration on, on improving investigations, we take a look at where investigations may be going in the future and how greater efficiencies will lead to more effective investigations. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for our concluding episode in our five-part exploration of conducting more conclusive compliance investigations with AI and web-based evidence. Today, I'm joined again by Keith Laska. Keith is the CEO at Hanzo, and we're going to try and wrap this uh, up together in this podcast and also really give some thoughts on where the next steps might be. So, Keith, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi, Tom. Happy to be here and excited to continue the conversation. Keith, in our last episode, you were able to give us some of your thoughts uh, and observations really at a macro level from your discussions with clients and observations in the industry around how we have moved from uh, utilizing the tools, techniques, and strategies of Hanzo for capturing uh, information from the public web, capturing information internally, archiving it, and using it in, in a litigation uh, approach to really a much more proactive approach to help companies uh, streamline and reduce their uh, costs through an, a very proactive risk mitigation strategy. And I was wondering uh, if we could use that as perhaps a starting point, if you could tell us a little bit more about Hanzo's mission and how Hanzo is really helping not only litigation and legal professional, but really the compliance professional to use the information that is publicly available to, to help uh, not only measure your risk, but actually manage that risk going forward. Sure thing, Tom. I mean, ultimately, Hanzo's mission is to help companies be proactive about reducing active litigation. Uh, and there are a couple of data points that are really driving the, the growth of Hanzo as a, uh, a viable solution for compliance and legal professionals, uh, certainly in the U.S. and, and, and around the globe. Um, the first, you know, according to Dr. Michael Palmer, uh, who wrote a fantastic paper entitled Litigation Risk Management, uh, organizations spend up to uh, 33% of their operating profits on, on litigation. It's about $23 billion dollars per annum uh, among large U.S. corporations. So obviously, companies spend a lot of money on litigation. 
The second data point that's interesting is general harassment and, of course, sexual harassment charges uh, filed with the EEOC uh, are rising by 12% in just one year, uh, largely because of the Me Too movement. And, uh, and that's something that corporations are trying to grasp and grapple with. The time it takes to investigate these and other claims are falling way outside of the recommended compliance guidelines. And you imagine the effect of that, not only for the company, but the individual who is going through that particular situation. Um, the third data point is, is that 86% of US citizens use social media every day. So this is interesting. There's a wide adoption of social media and it's blurred the lines between private company communication, like you know Slack and SharePoint, Microsoft Teams, and then public social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. So now you have this interesting dynamic where employees are commonly connecting with each other outside of company networks. Uh, they're connecting with each other on Facebook and Instagram and, and Snapchat. And this is increasing compliance risk in areas that many compliance professionals find hard to understand, if not impossible to, to analyze. Keith, uh, let me just pick up on that last point because you said that this, uh, the connections outside the business world are an increased risk, but it, could I flip that and say uh, that those connections outside the business world that employees are making uh, actually is an opportunity for companies to see if uh, uh, they need to engage in a more robust risk management strategy to see if employees are thinking about or even doing things that if are not illegal, maybe unethical that the company wants to stop um, before it moves to a, a true legal violation or something that could be the, the subject of a civil litigation and, and monetary damages. Is that an opportunity for companies? Without a doubt. You know, I'd quote my uh, beloved grandfather who once told me if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Uh, and, you know, if you if you find continuing abusive behavior on public channels uh, and, and people who don't have regard for ethical behavior and kind behavior towards other individuals, the chances are that individual is going to replicate that behavior uh, in other places as well. So while it might not serve to be a smoking gun, so to speak, it will serve to kind of be influential in the process of what you consider to be the right type of uh, individuals to bring into your culture, whether that be employee screening or um, individuals who might have a propensity to uh, take things they shouldn't take uh, from the corporation or people who happen to find it uh, normal, unfortunately, to uh, harass others in, in a public or even private forum. So for sure, there's a lot of value there for corporations to get ahead of and, and, and be in charge of if they can. That's one of the things that compliance practitioners are, are really struggling with now, Keith, is what uh, not only what information should they be looking at, but how they should be utilizing that information. But if I could just put on my former trial lawyer hat for a moment, um, when that information's in the public record, a company's on notice of actual knowledge. And if you have actual knowledge of a uh, any sort of uh, nefarious conduct, it could be serious liability for a company. So uh, my sense would be that this would be something that would be extraordinarily important, not only at the at the boardroom and C-suite, but in HR and compliance in IT and, and even in the financial function of a corporation. I couldn't agree more. 
Um, and, you know, I think what, it's important to distinguish here from various tool sets out there. There are a multitude of tools that might allow you to analyze on a, a peripheral level information out into the web. But we're in, we're in the, the business of uh, legally defensible captures, ultimately. So um, when, as a compliance or litigation professional, you are doing diligence and you are investigating uh, particularly public or private information, the objective is not only to identify that information, but if you need to capture it because you consider it to be responsive, you have to capture it in a legally defensible way. Um, prove chain of custody, authenticity of the capture, all of these things that become critical uh, when you get past review and into, into production uh, and, and trial readiness. Um, and so that is really a, a massive, unique differentiator that Hanzo has over uh, really a myriad of other, other solutions on the market. We collect uh, in a native format. Um, and so that's really what the dynamic archive uh, that Hanzo presents customers is all about. I was able to to take a little bit of a deep dive into the dynamic archive with uh, Jim Murphy or in an earlier episode. And I think he was a little surprised when I said, I find document archiving incredibly sexy, Jim. And uh, <laughs> actually, he agreed. So we were able to explore that. And I, perhaps uh, to end, if I could just give a, uh, a few thoughts and ask for your thoughts, the archiving of data, the dynamic archiving of data in any compliance investigation, the first thing literally the regulators ask is, do you have the document secured? Are you on top of your documents? And I've talked to a lot of very uh, high-powered, white-collar internal investigators at blue, uh, blue chip law firms, and they always say that having a handle and control of the documents is critical. And it seems to me that the dynamic archiving is uh, built into the Hanzo tool and process really from the beginning. Would that be a fair assessment? It is a fair assessment. And, uh, I agree with you from the perspective of uh, excitement around archives. I think probably watching an archive at this point would be uh, more interesting than watching the last season of Game of Thrones anyways. Um, but I would, <laughs> say, I would say that, uh, you know, if, if I were to break apart the pieces of dynamic archive, it really starts uh, from the ability to access in an automated way the exabytes of information available to all of us on the web and at the same time bridge the intelligence you gather from the public web with the intelligence that you gather and collate and collect behind corporate firewalls with private information. So Investigator, uh, which is the first product in our, in our dynamic archive platform, allows you to do just that. Uh, ultimately identify the information you're looking for, uh, utilize heuristical analysis, uh, AI and machine learning data sets to mine for the correct information, and then ultimately to present that information to the user to analyze it. But of course, ensuring chain of custody and authenticity is preserved across that entire process. Um, once you have the information you need, uh, the next product in our archive is uh, called Hanzo Hold, and this is a product that allows you to apply active litigation hold to custodians uh, within your organization. You start to see the power of the archive when you think about active hold of content behind the firewall like Slack and uh, uh, O365, uh, Microsoft Teams, SharePoint, and you combine that with intelligence you might get from investigating and or monitoring subjects in the public web, and you start to really kind of see the value there. Uh, 
Uh, once you have the information you need, it's kind of time to, to start the review process uh, and production process. And that's when our capture technology comes in and ensures that that chain of custody is carried throughout the entire process. Um, we recently launched uh, alerts and monitoring. So in addition to capturing a one-time request you might have, we can actually lay our techno technology over uh, your systems that might be regulated, for example, by the SEC or FINRA, or you might want to gather internal intelligence. And what that technology does is it will uh, notify you based on certain keywords that uh, you might have entered into the system and automatically kind of monitor certain uh, content repositories for keywords that you're looking for, or perhaps not looking for, uh, that should be there. And then finally, with all of that relevant information, we have this uh, direct integration with uh, Relativity and other review platforms where you can ingest dynamic content into these review platforms and literally review as if you were looking at a live dynamic website or a public social media page. And that review capability allows you to take web and social media data uh, into court without a connection, um, uh, an internet connection, and ultimately allow you to produce that uh, via thumb drive or to opposing counsel, uh, which is just fantastic all around. Keith, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but this has been a fascinating exploration uh, throughout this five-part series on conducting more conclusive compliance in investigations with AI and web-based evidence. Uh, I, we will link to uh, information on the Hanzo website in the show notes, um, but if listeners want to go for more information, it's hanzo.co backslash compliance investigations for more information. Thank you so much, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom, very much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. We will link to these resources in the show notes, but if you want to obtain more information, check out the Hanzo website at www.hanzo.co. There is a significant amount of resources available on the website. In addition to information on the Hanzo uh, Dynamic Investigator, there's a series of ebooks, white papers, and other information which can help you in your investigation. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.